0: living in the latter rain, if you will. Okay, not very many of you said amen to that. Do you all know what the latter rain is? Okay, well maybe you're not familiar with it, so let's talk about it. Maybe that was nervous laughter. Feast of Tabernacles. Everyone say the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, the Feast of Tabernacles we're going to look at for just a few moments this morning, but the Feast of Tabernacles uh, was indeed a, uh, a feast that was one of the three big feasts that were <coughs> the children of Israel were told in the Old Testament. Now I I could read you uh, where Paul in the New Testament said those things that were written in the Old Testament are for our examples, but we know that. So here we are looking at the Feast of Tabernacles, because Deuteronomy, the, the uh, 16th chapter, and the 16th and 17th verses says: Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place Which he shall choose. In the feast of unleavened bread. That's the first feast. And in the feast of weeks. That's the second feast. And in the feast of tabernacles. The third feast. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give. As he is able. According to the blessing of the Lord thy God. Which he hath given thee. So there were three main categories of feast. Actually, the Feast of Tabernacles is preceded by the blowing of trumpets. And so when David wrote in Psalms, the 89th chapter, blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. That meant the joyful sound of the trumpet that started the Feast of Tabernacles. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy Countenance. as I I said uh, there were these three big feasts we call them he said the feast of unleavened bread but we call it commonly the Passover and actually there were three separate feasts associated with Passover. They all happened in the first month of the year, and it was in our springtime. And on the 14th day of the first month was actually Passover, when the blood was shed, the lamb, and we all know that. We can talk about Passover and when that happened. On the 15th, after Passover was celebrated, on, on the one day By that evening, then they had to start eating unleavened bread. And so the most days were actually from the 15th to the 21st or about six uh, days, seven days, seven days that you did not eat leavened bread. So they had removed the leaven. They had gone through and ceremonially... Uh, cleanse the house and all of those things. And then actually on the eighteenth day was the of the of that time period was what was called the feast of first fruits, where they would bring the sheaves of grain. They were the first sprouts. And what's interesting about all of that is the fact that Jesus of course celebrated Passover and then he would have been killed on the first day of unleavened bread. And then on the third day of unleavened bread, like the Feast of Firstfruits, he would have been the first of the resurrection out of the tomb. So Christ, of course, fulfilled all of these feasts. And there was the, the 50th day from Passover was what later became beca- known as the giving of the law or the pouring out of the Spirit, the day of Pentecost. The penta meaning 50. So you had Passover on the first month, and then they went, uh, the children of Israel left Egypt, and then they went to Mount Sinai, and they celebrated the giving of the law. And then four months later, from Pat, from Pentecost, four months was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the first day of that feast was uh, a blowing of the trumpets, and it was uh, a call for a solemn assembly. It was uh, actually uh, a call, and it was to be rejoicing. Why? Because The 10th day of the month started what was called the Day of Atonement. And that was all part of the Feast of Tabernacles. And that was when they had the removal of sin. And they went into uh, the Holy of Holies. Then starting on the 15th of that 7th month. Through the 21st, another seven day feast was the sort of the final feast of the year. It was the consummation, the culmination. Everything came together. All things, it was sort of that sense of a final rain, is what they call. When they became into Canaan's land, these feasts happened to fall on what was called the former rain and the latter rain. And the former rain, they were beginning to harvest grain. At the latter rain, they began to harvest fruit. And so, Without the rain, they would not be able to enter into harvest. So the Feast of Tabernacles happened right before the fruit harvest, the grapes. And all of those things that would have fruit, figs, etc., pomegranates, all of those would be harvested right after the Feast of the Tabernacles. All of that's found in Leviticus the 23rd chapter and I know we could spend a long time on it and some of you probably have studied all of those uh, those feasts and know them and have them memorized. And if you'd like to have a Bible study about them, we'd be glad to help you and do whatever we can. But the point is that the first Passover was held in Egypt. They, You remember, they put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel passed over. And then they left that night, they left and they walked two, three days uh, through the Red Sea and then uh, uh, Pharaoh was drowned and then they made it to Mount Sinai. The first Pentecost was held in the wilderness at Mount Sinai and the giving of the law and there was lightning and there was thunder and I talked about that not last Sunday but Sunday before last when it was Pentecost Sunday about the, the loaves of bread that are waved later and all of the the things that happened. 3,000 died on the first Pentecost and 3,000 got in the church on the last Pentecost that we have recorded in the book of Acts. All of those things. But then the Lord had planned this where In four months later, they would be crossing into the promised land and they would celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. There would be the rejoicing, the excitement. They would walk through the Jordan River and they would come through and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles and would partake of the fruit of the land of Canaan. That was what it was the fruit harvest. And so he brought them they made it as far and those of you who are bible scholars remember the story he, they made it as far as a town called Kadesh Kadesh Barnea or Kadesh Barnea we call it but they made it to there and they sent the spies in ready to go and get in cross over celebrate feast of tabernacles and what happened They doubted. They didn't believe it. I don't believe that. I don't believe we can do it. I I don't. I think it's. I don't think I. I, I, I don't think we're ready for this. I don't think it's time for it. I don't know if our kids will handle it. I don't. I don't. Remember?
1: Yes.
0: I'm just not sure about it. And unfortunately, the Lord basically said because you won't believe and press your way in, Caitlin preached on rest and pushing your way in to enter that rest, unless you push your way through to that and embrace that, you won't receive that. Right. Just as simple as that. The Lord is not gonna force the Holy Ghost on anyone. Amen. The Lord will not force his spirit on anyone. And so that's why our job is to do what we can to encourage and invite and, and say you know whatever that because the the promised land was supposed to be the feast of, of of the first of the fruit harvest and if you remember when the spies went across the Jordan River and into the promised land what did they come back with huge bunches of grapes and. Because it was the fruit harvest. <clears throat> the Feast of Tabernacles was supposed to be ready to be celebrated. <clears throat> and yet, they said, we can't. The Lord let them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. Everybody say 40 years. 40 years. Now, <clears throat> we realize, and I, not to, to, but to try to sort of, uh, uh truncate all of this information and I know many of you already understand it that Christ is our Passover, and that he was crucified. He was innocent. There was no leaven, the no the low leaven, the unleavened bread. <clears throat> Christ had no sin, leaven a type of sin. He died, became our Passover, and in three days <clears throat> he became the first fruits of the resurrection, just like on the 18th day of the first month when they celebrated a wave offering. <clears throat> and yet, 50 days later, there was Pentecost. And then, 40 days after that was supposed to be, four months after that, rather, four months after that was supposed to be the Feast of Tabernacles, was the final outpouring. Now, for us, we could look at it as 40 times 50, which is 2,000 years, has gone, from the first Pentecost to where we are today. This is why people say, well, the Lord, we're in the latter rain, the last outpouring. I know it didn't start this week, didn't start yesterday. We put our time as very narrow, but when God looks at time, he looks at it a little differently than we do. But it's interesting that If in fact it was 33, uh, you know, A.D. when the, the the when the Lord was crucified, then 2019 is almost the full 2,000 years from when this happened. Pentecost, the first Pentecost to the final, if you will, outpouring. And I realize Azusa Street, and you can talk about the years and how there were smatterings of, of uh, people that, you know, receive the Holy Ghost all throughout history. But the truth of the matter is that we are, as I mentioned before, living in one of the greatest hours of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that our world has ever seen. We are living in the Feast of Tabernacles, if you will. And this started with that sense of what we said, former rain and latter rain was the Feast of Tabernacles. And it starts with the blowing of the trumpet. In fact, according to Leviticus, there were seven priests that would blow the trumpet. And you can do a study on the silver trumpets. Uh, Years ago, I remember my dad did a study from Numbers, the 10th chapter, and it talks about how what those silver trumpets were used for Because there were ram's horns that were used and there were trumpets that were used. And the trumpets were to call for an assembly and for a solemn assembly and for war and for times of gladness and and all of those things. And in in Revelation, one of the things that it opens up with is the trumpets that are released and the vials or the vials are poured out and the trumpets are sounded. And so a lot of people look at the entire book of Revelation as that culmination of the, the final uh, feast, if you will, of the Lord because it involves seven years, like seven days. It involves vials. It involves the trumpets. It involves the wrath of God, but it's him wrapping everything up. Now, of course, what I'm looking at, not that we're in Revelation, but I'm looking at the fact that we are living in a time when it's oh, I so important for us to sound the trumpet. Trumpet. Yeah, amen. What do you mean sound the trumpet? The Lord is coming again. You can receive the Holy Ghost. This is something that you can have. God can have a personal encounter with you. You say, well, I don't know if if people will get it. I don't want to make too many waves. It's already been said this morning. I am so thankful when somebody will say, "I, I can tell you what I have received. Let me tell you how you can have it. Let me tell you what God can do for you. What are you doing? I'm sounding a call that this is the feast of of tabernacles. You're living in a time when the Lord is able to outpour his spirit on us all. Isaiah said, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a (laughs) trumpet and show my people their transgression, the house of Jacob, their sin, and Ezekiel, he said, you can read it, several verses there, but watchman, he blows the trumpets and warns the people Then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword come and take him away, well, and then it, it, his blood's on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. And he goes on and he said, but if you don't give the sound of a trumpet, it's on your head. And what an hour. And I know, I'm not asking folks to be obnoxious and I'm not telling you that you've got to go beat your neighbor up or you've got to tell them, you know, that they're terrible. But if there was ever an hour when we ought to be willing to sound the trumpet and say, listen, the Lord is coming again. I don't know when but you look at what's going on in society. You look at what's going on in our world and you say, how could it last any longer? I don't know. What I do know is that we're living in the latter rain right now. We're living in the last outpouring. We're seeing folks get the Holy Ghost. It's going across denomination lines. It's going across groups. What are you saying? I'm excited about the hour that I'm living in. Do they all have to come in these four walls? No, I'm thankful. We'll get as many as we can, but we, Lord, want you to pour it out on whosoever will. And that's why I believe Brother Stark has encouraged us as ministers to say, you need to preach about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and have a special Sunday dedicated for that. And you know, you, you say, well, and as a, as a minister, it's my job and to say, I want to tell you. I have to sound a warning. I have to say, hey, folks, this is, it's, it's culminating, it's wrapping up. We're living at the last feast. And you say, well, I, I don't want to talk about that. That scares me. I, it's not something scary. This was the most joyful feast that they had. Yes, the day of atonement was real, but, and, and, and it was heavy, but immediately it was followed by these seven days of rejoicing, excitement. And Jesus himself told his disciples, he said, there's nothing hidden which shall not be made manifest, neither anything kept secret, but that it shall become abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. When Luke wrote that, he said the same thing. Nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Nothing hid, That shall not be known. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. What are you saying? I believe and and I've seen it. It seems like, you know, we are seeing the Lord rip all the facades off of everything. All of a sudden, people's motives and idea, everything is just being laid out there. Why? Because we're getting ready for the Feast of Tabernacles, folks. We're, we're entering into that speech What do you say? And he said, so take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear. What, what is the difference in what you hear and how you hear? <laughs> it's what my attitude is. <clears throat> I can come in with an attitude of, oh, well, it's another thing. Oh, it's something else I got to do. Oh, the preacher. Or I can say, you know what? We're living At the end, I want to know, Lord, I'm I'm here to come in worshiping, praising. Take heed how you hear. You know, somebody speaks to you, you know what it is. You all are parents, grandparents. If You speak to your children, and they go, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you hear me? Sure, man, yeah, I got it. I heard you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going. Whoa! Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. Let's back that up a minute. Take heed how you hear. Take heed what you hear. This is the hour of the feast of Tabernacles. The the, the it started with the blowing of the trumpets, and I believe that that's where we've been. Is that sense of 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 folks all of a sudden realizing, you know what? You can have the Holy Ghost. This is for you. And then the next thing was that he went from there and it started on the Day of Atonement, which was this holy convocation uh, of fasting. And there was one day, a solemn assembly. They brought out the golden censer, which was prayer. They washed with water. (laughs) The priest would uh, completely wash, change into a linen garment, take off the royal robes and go in uh, making a a sacrifice for Aaron and his family and then make a sacrifice for the nation and then make a sacrifice for the tabernacle or the sanctuary. And then he took the blood and he sprinkled it seven times on the golden censer or the altar of incense and then on the veil and the veil separated and he went on in to the veil and we, we know all of that story. You come out He would then sacrifice a scapegoat and let the goat free. And one, there were two goats. One was killed. One was sent out into the wilderness. And then he took all the animals that had been sacrificed, all of the bullocks for him and all of the, all for the nation, all the heifer, all of that blood, all those carcasses were taken out and burned outside of the camp. And it was to cover every iniquity, every sin, every transgression, every uncleanness. And you know what, if you want to receive the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you have to first take heed how you hear, and you have to listen, and then you have to say now, Lord, I want you to forgive me, I want you to wash me, I want you to take every sin, I want to change everything about it. Wow. Hallelujah. You cannot get the Holy Ghost believing you don't need the Holy Ghost. That's right. Sorry. you cannot get forgiveness not believing you need forgiveness. You know, I know I've had people try to apologize to me in what I call a non-apology. You know, they say, now, if I hurt you, if I offended you, you ever heard those? And you think, what do you mean, if? (laughs) You either did or you didn't. You kind of know that. What they mean to say is, I I really, that wasn't my intention. I know what they're trying to say. But the point of it is, the day of atonement is that sense of, Lord, wash me, cleanse me. Get my heart, my mind. He said, if this was a day, you read it in Leviticus, the 16th chapter, it talks about all three feasts. On that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that you may become clean from all your sins before the Lord. That's the powerful thing about the Holy Ghost, the outpouring of the Spirit. I wanna tell you, if you really wanna get in the flow of the Holy Ghost, You can't come into the flow with your shoulders squared back saying, You know what, God, you're lucky that I'm here today. You have to humble yourself and say, Lord, I need you. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need you to wash me, cleanse me. That's part of the outpouring. It just won't happen. I, I, I've seen folks that would say, well, you know, sure, I, I, may, you know, if the Lord wants me to... I, I, feast of Tabernacles, it won't work that way. You had the Day of Atonement before you had the Feast. The feast is exciting, but you got to realize, I need it, I want it, I need a cleansing. I need, Lord, you to wash my heart, my mind. That's why it seems like folks that come to God usually are desperate. Why? Because they have reached a point where they finally uh, realize, I need something from Almighty God. And if you want to, you say, well, I've had the Holy Ghost, I want a refilling, refri- a refreshing, uh, whatever it is that you want I will tell you you still have to go the same steps you have to say Lord I need you I heard the call the preacher said I can have a touch uh, The Lord. preacher said I can have another touch from the Lord I'm going to humble myself I'm going to worship you I'm going to praise you I'm going to ask you to wash me to cleanse me you can't go into it with your shoulders squared back saying Lord this is me and I'm I'm all of that and a bag of chips. It's, Lord, I need you. I need your spirit. And That was the day of atonement and right following the day of atonement and they called what we commonly call the feast of tabernacles. It was also called the feast of ingathering in Exodus the 23rd chapter because it was the ingathering of the fruit. It was called the feast of the seventh month as in Nehemiah the 8th chapter. It's called the feast of booths also in Nehemiah the 8th chapter. Because you see during these seven days of feasting after they entered into the promised land the children of Israel started a new habit, and that was that they would build they would build structures out of branches. Or, uh, sukkah, or sukkah, we would call it. Sukkah was where they would go, and they would build these booths, if you will. They wouldn't live in their house. You know, you was like, set up a tent in your front yard or set up a tent in your backyard. This was the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles. Why? Because they remembered how they had lived in the wilderness for 40 years. And so they would set up these booths and then there would be the rejoicing. And every that whenever the first day of the feast of tabernacles came, everybody was out. It was like a camping out party. It was like you know, we're going camping in our front yard. We're going camping on the roof of our house. We're going, we're outside and we're remembering how that when we were, you know, our forefathers back, however many generations had to sleep in tents. And they'd still do that today. You can actually, you can get online and order a, a sukkah booth. And, and, you know, it's kind of like a little pup tent pop-up thing and, and go sleep outside, you know, or sleep at the foot of your bed or wherever you want to do now if you're Jewish and and uh, remember what Happen and how remembering what God, you know, how you were strangers and you had left Egypt and all those things. And then the ladies uh, would bring and they brought these candelabras or menorahs and they would bring and they would light the sanctuary and they would rejoice that because in Jewish tradition it was on the 15th day at the beginning of this feast of the seventh month that the Shekinah glory first appeared as a cloud over the tabernacle in the wilderness. After it was built, whenever they got the commandments in the third month, then they finished it in four months. And at that moment, that's when this Shekinah cloud appeared out of the tabernacle in the wilderness, according to their tradition. So they would bring light, and they would, at, in the dark light night, then they would light these, uh, uh, these uh, candles, and it would be that kind of uh, a celebration. Later, when Solomon dedicated his temple, it happened to be during the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's when he prayed the prayer. And some of you remember it in Chronicles. And he knelt down and he said, God, fill this house. And it was on the beginning of this feast that the Shekinah glory of the Lord came down and the light burst through the the temple. And that was that first time that light came and shone bright was at the Feast of Tabernacles. People were outside living in their little booths and they saw this light. And then because they are celebrating the latter rain, a group of priests, usually seven, but a group of priests would go to the Pool of Siloam every every day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would get either vials of water or a a censer or water bucket and they would put water in it and they would bring it to the tabernacle and they would pour the water out so that the water would run down the steps of the tabernacle or the temple later uh, out into the streets as if, Lord, this is an offering that we want the water to flow. We want the rain to come out. We want the latter rain. Now, Jesus saw this kind of stuff going on. And he had had a discussion with his disciples. You can read it in St. John, the seventh chapter. He got to talking to them and he said, it's not good for me to go to Jerusalem right now. And they said, well, why? It's the feast of What did he say? He said the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of Tabernacles was getting ready to happen. Saint John, seventh chapter, can read it. And his brethren said, "Come on, let's go, so we can show everybody. Everybody will be in Jerusalem. Everybody will be sta- sleeping outside. Man, it's a perfect setup. We can go. We can minister to everybody." Everybody will see all the miracles that you're doing. Because nobody does things in secret, everybody does them openly. Show yourself to the world. And the Lord said, No, you, you don't understand. That's not why I'm come, is not to put on a show for everybody else. And I've had people do the same thing to me. You, you probably never had it, but you know that. Oh, you talk in tongues? Well, talk in tongues for me. You know, give me a show. That's not what. That's not what the spirit of the Lord is for. It's not for show. It's not to perform a miracle for you. Right. And Jesus said, "I'm not going because they don't want that." This was at the Feast of Tabernacles. His own disciples. Didn't believe him. You can keep reading in this 7th chapter. I <clears throat> Jump on down. In 14th verse through the 36th verse. Now, his disciples went on. And they were kind of not really believing him. And so they went on because, man, it's a party. They were celebrating trumpets, water, light. <clears throat> they stay up all night. It was just like, man, it was a fantastic time. There was feasting. There was food. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and goes to the temple. And he starts teaching. And he talks about people that are trying to kill him. And everybody there is just rejoicing and partying and having a good time. (laughs) and. (laughs) you can't be serious. There's nobody trying to kill you. That's what they they said if you read it in St. John the 7th chapter. And yet, the Bible had already said the Pharisees had heard the people murmuring and the chief priests and officers sought to take him and he said, I'm going to go to a place and you're not going to be able to touch me and They go, well, where are you going? To the Gentiles? So everybody was sort of mocking Jesus and his doctrine during this Feast of Tabernacles. And in the last day of the Feast, the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, it was like it came to a head and Jesus kind of had said that's it i'm going to tell you what this is all about you got a party going on and it's rejoicing and you got lights and you got water he said if any man thirst come unto me and drink he didn't say you have to do anything special He just said, if you want this, what I got, you can have it. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You've seen that water coming out of the temple. I'm telling you, you can have it coming out of your temple. Oh, this spake he of the Holy Ghost, of the whole, of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified you see he was telling them this feast of the tabernacles the former reign Pentecost the latter reign that's what it's all about I'm coming so that that will release the Holy Ghost in your temple that it will flow out I'm coming to bring a light into your life and he said later he told him nevertheless I tell you the truth if I don't go away The Comforter cannot come unto you, but I will send him unto you. What are you saying? I'm saying that if you don't have the Holy Ghost today, that's why Jesus came. He was fulfilling the Feast of Tabernacles. It was his desire that everybody should get the, the, the outpouring of this great water of the feast. And he told them, he said, as they were pouring water, he said, let me tell you, that water that they're pouring, from the pool of Siloam and they believe somehow that maybe an angel comes and troubles that water before the priests go to get it to pour it out when it goes and uh, that's why Jesus, it wasn't just by accident that Jesus went to the water source of Siloam and told a man that had been laying there for 38 years, rise, take up your bed and walk. He was saying I'm a source of water that is greater than the pool of Siloam, I'm a source of water, if you want something you come unto me and drink I will give you water where you'll never thirst again and and yet they came and and they said they came to the officers the chief priests and the Pharisees they sent a group to take Jesus and they said we're going to take you captive and the Lord said okay And they walked off. And they went back to the chief priests and scribes and they said, we've never heard the kind of teaching this guy was doing. There was some kind of authority in his word. He didn't resist us. He didn't tell us, you can't have me. He just told us the truth. And the Pharisees said, are you also deceived? That day, Jesus made the statement about out of your belly out of this this water the very next the very that that very next morning or that evening it was they brought a woman taken in the act of adultery and and jesus forgave her sins and wrote in the ground and sent everybody away and he goes on and they, his disciples say in the ninth chapter, who did sin, this man that was born blind or, or his parents or him? And the Lord said, neither. So that the son of, what are you saying? Those miracles that happened were to prove that it doesn't matter what your condition is. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Lord is able to forgive you. He's able to wash you. He's able to fill you. He is able to open your blinded eyes. If you want to receive take heed how you hear and what you hear. If you want something from Almighty God, I'm telling you we're living in the latter rain. We're living in the time of the Feast of the Tabernacle. We're living at a time when the Holy Ghost of the waters being poured out. This was such a time of rejoicing that the women would stand on the steps of the Tabernacle And sing Psalms 113, 114, 115, 116, 117, and 118. They would, for six days, they would sing these songs. You can read them. One of those songs is only two verses long. It's it's a song of praise, it's a song of thanksgiving, it's a song of rejoicing. What are you saying? If you want to have an outflow of the Holy Ghost, start praising the Lord. (laughs) Start worshiping the Lord. As a matter of fact, uh, we've got two weeks between now and July the 14th. And I think it would be good. Psalms 113, Psalms 113, Psalms 114, Psalms 115, Psalms 116, 117, 118. Those were part of the songs of decrees they said when they were coming up. But those specific six songs were the songs that they sang, that they quoted, that they read. Now we can't sing those, but the next two weeks I think you ought to read at least every one of those songs at least once, if not twice. You know, one one day, one the next, one the next. And start preparing your hearts. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is fixing to be outpoured in that latter rain. What do you mean Paul wrote to Galatians? He said, this I say, you say, well, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time living for God. I'm having a hard time to say no to my, oh, I just don't feel, let me tell you what, if you're struggling, let me tell you what you gotta do is you gotta get, you know, the old saying, into the spout where the glory comes out. You gotta walk in the Spirit. <laughs> That's why Paul said, "Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And well, you're not in the Spirit. What do you mean? I'm saying that whatever you're struggling with, if you're having trouble saying no, if you're having trouble breaking a habit, let me tell you: stay full of the Holy Ghost. Walk in the Spirit." As a matter of fact, Ephesians said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the... Doing what? (laughs) But I'm hurting. (laughs) Start reading a song. Speaking to yourself. I'm fighting about my emotions, my mind, my, I'm feeling depressed. Start sing, speaking to yourself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. And the, what are you doing? I'm letting myself get under the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit. That's what it's all about. There's that great day of the feast when the Lord said, let me tell you, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We are so blessed that we know how to step into the Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, you need to open yourself up, say, Lord, forgive me, and let the Holy Ghost begin to flow. Hallelujah. Let's stand. the altar is open. If you're battling spirits, the altar is open. If you're battling principalities, the altar is open. If you've got some iniquities or sins you need washed away, the altar is open. But you've got to take heed how you hear and what you hear.